Oh boy, we're finally here. It felt like yesterday that I went live with Corn Crazed, previewed Nebraska season, and also talked about Michigan. And in my opinion, preseason, very hot take of mine, but I thought this is going to be an undefeated matchup. And here we are, Michigan's undefeated. They have fulfilled everything that I've predicted of them. And Nebraska sits here at three and six. And the man on your screen, whose name is Scott Frost, is fired and might become the head coach of the University of South Florida if John Gruden and someone else doesn't take the job. So, yeah, I'm going live with Corn Crazed at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time tonight instead of the usual live stream. So stay tuned for that. And we're going to be talking about Michigan, Nebraska, and Nebraska football in general. But here we are. Michigan's a huge favorite against the Cornhuskers. And really, what can I say? It's, the season's been a terrible season for Nebraska. It's been a great one for Michigan. And Nebraska just looks like another almost warm-up game for the Wolverines' trip down to Columbus, which will be their biggest test by far of the regular season, maybe even their biggest test of the year, whether they get into the college football playoff or not, with an undefeated record, with a singular loss to Ohio State. Michigan has everything in front of them. Nebraska, meanwhile, is trying to search for Scott Frost's replacement. Lance Leipold is a name has come up. Chris Kleeman has come up before. Dave Aranda. Lane Kiffin, who I know corn crazed himself just from social media posts. He wants Lane Kiffin and the Lane train to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Who knows at this point? We'll know more after the regular season ends. That's when a lot of the coaching carousel movements begin. If you're new to this channel or if you've been watching for a while but aren't subscribed, please do so. If you're a Michigan fan, Nebraska fan, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. I'm going to try and change up my format, and most videos from now on will fit this video format, which will be anywhere between 10 to 15 minute preview and predictions so I can cover more games. A lot of you have been asking me to cover more Big Ten games, and I'm going to do that and reserve those 20, 25 minute videos, which will be rare for big top 10 matchups. So the Michigan-Ohio State game, that will probably be a long, dedicated video. But without further ado, I want to get right into this and first and foremost, preview this game. No more night games as it is in the month of November and November night games are cold. They're very cold. This game will be a 3.30 game p.m. Eastern time. It will be on ABC. Michigan is given a 97% chance to win, according to the computers, and they're favored by 31 points. Once again, this is expected to be another Michigan blowout, a blowout of perhaps biblical proportions, especially because quarterback Casey Thompson will be out, which means Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers will be the quarterbacks for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Cade McNamara He's also out for the remainder of the season as he is having surgery on his leg. Michigan, I think, edges Nebraska anywhere from edges to absolutely dominates them at 
every position on and off the field. Michigan staff this year has done an exemplary job, especially with second-half adjustments. They're 9-0. and They look to at least get 11 wins this season. They can get anywhere up to, I think, 15 and go 15-0 and and compete for the national title. Amazing staff. One of the best in the country. Sharon Moore, Matt Weiss, Steve Klinkscale, Jim Harbaugh himself, Jesse Minter, who I might be a better DC than Mike McDonald was last year with the second half adjustments he makes. Nebraska's staff, Eric Chenander's gone. Scott Frost himself was fired after the Georgia Southern game. Eric Chenander was fired after that embarrassment of a loss to now 5-4 and four Oklahoma, 49-14. This staff has been horrifically inefficient and outside of Honestly, outside of Trey Palmer and that wide receiver room and skill positions on offense, like Anthony Grant looks good. Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington, they have a solid wide receiver room. Um, The offensive line doesn't look any better than it has ever in the Scott Frost era. The defense, this is Nebraska's worst defense, I think, in what was formerly the Scott Frost era. Mickey Joseph is by far the best staff member. Him or Mark Whipple, I think it's Mickey Joseph seeing how well the wide receivers have done and how the team has rallied around him more than they have ever under Scott Frost. Michigan takes the cake at staff. At quarterback, J.J. McCarthy has a much better supporting cast than Casey Thompson, but J.J., his ta- his, just his raw talent alone is higher than Casey Thompson. Thompson is around a 140 passer rating, a QBR that's in the 70s, um, nationally it's like top 70 i think it's you know 70s maybe 80s out of 130 qbs that are ranked or a little more um and then jj mccarthy is top 15 there at running back you have blake corum who has 16 rushing touchdowns and nearly 1200 yards compared to anthony grant who has not yet crossed the 1000 yard marker though i think it's very likely he will do So Anthony Grant is an extremely underrated running back. Unfortunately, though, he has absolutely no supporting cast at the offensive line position, and Blake Corm is shiftier and is just better at finding holes when occasionally there are none. Wide receiver was the toughest one because you have Trey Palmer for Nebraska, but that's about it. Nebraska has the better individual wide receiver in Trey Palmer, but Michigan, you have a lot more depth, a lot more. And especially with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda entering the portal earlier this season, I got to give Michigan the overall points for wide receiver. Tight end, I would take Luke Schoonmaker over Travis Vokalek, but this position is pretty close with Eric All being out for the season with some surgery on his back. Offensive line, not even don't even question it alu aluatimi by himself is better than nebraska's interior three defensive line it's pretty much the same story with mozzie smith and that entire defensive front for nebraska excluding garrett nelson very good player for nebraska he's having he's he's gonna have his best year statistically i think he has four and a half maybe five sacks currently double check my facts there if i'm way off of course linebacker you have luke reimer and nick henrich for nebraska nakai hill green and junior colson for michigan michigan linebackers are better at tackling 
especially against the run, and they are decent in pass, in, in you know, in pass defense. At defensive back, an area that under Travis Fisher for Nebraska has been a strong suit, this has probably been one of the more inferior Nebraska secondaries. Michigan secondary with Mike Senra still, DJ Turner, you don't have a Daxton Hill type player, but you do have a young talent in Will Johnson there, and Michigan secondary is good. And special teams, this one's actually closer than a lot would say. Michigan special teams aren't the same as last year. Jake Moody, to me, doesn't exa- doesn't look like the same kicker with his struggles against Rutgers and in some other games. Um, and Nebraska upgraded there with Timmy Bleak Road at kicker and a good punter in Brian Buschini. Really, it's trench play that puts Michigan ahead it's really trench play, honestly, that puts Michigan ahead of Nebraska in the realm of special teams, along with Jake Moody still, despite some of his struggles, being one of the nation's better kickers. Michigan is number four in ESPN's FPI. They're also fourth in efficiency. They're strangely behind Alabama. It makes sense that they're behind Ohio State and Georgia. Ohio State being one in efficiency and second in FPI, Georgia being first in FPI and second in efficiency. Both teams are top 25 in talent, um, and their main strengths are, I think, both on the offensive side of the ball. I think Michigan's biggest strength is its number one rushing attack. Its second biggest one, I would say, is I'd say is its run defense, actually. Michigan, on both defense and offense, is more of a run-centered team, which I think against most teams they're going to face— it's going to force them to be one-dimensional. Look at Ohio State, whose weakness on offense is actually running the football. That matchup right there is going to be very interesting. Michigan's defensive matchup doesn't match up well with Nebraska's offensive strength, which is their explosive wide receivers. Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington. I mean, Palmer, if you aren't careful, Palmer can um, just get behind your defense entirely and attack you deep. He has that five-star talent, and Mickey Joseph's coaching has just caused him to be an absolute breakout player this season. With the bad supporting cast Nebraska's offense has, he might be one of the nation's best wide receivers. Michigan's offensive strength matches up very well with Nebraska's weak defense. Expect Michigan's offense to score points and make big plays very often. Nebraska's ranked number 75 in ESPN's FPI and 98th in efficiency. They're the 24th most talented team. Michigan's the 14th most talented team. And the efficiency numbers really do reflect their season. Nebraska, obviously, according to both FPI and talent, they have much more potential than what's being shown on the field. Much more potential. Michigan has about the same potential, if not less potential, than what's being produced on the field. Michigan being a very efficient team. This obviously goes back to my um, comments earlier about staffing. Michigan having a much better staff than the Cornhuskers do, which was a huge miscalculation on my part in the preseason. I thought that Michigan would have the much better defensive staff, but they would have a similar or inferior offensive staff. What a huge miscalculation by me. Running back Blake Corum and wide receiver Trey Palmer, those are the players to watch. Corum could 
with how weak Nebraska's defense is, he could realistically get close to 300 yards and have three or more rushing touchdowns. That performance alone would bump him up possibly to number one in the Heisman race. I think that Drake May, speaking of the Heisman race, very underrated candidate. He might be the most deserving of that award. I think Blake Corum, Blake Corum, Drake May, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker, Stetson Bennett, there are so many good candidates for that award. They should expand the ceremony to more than four people being invited to New York, in my opinion. Blake Corum on the year. Let's read his statistics. Blake Corum has 199 carries, 1,187 rushing yards, and 16 rushing touchdowns, averages 6 yards per carry. Trey Palmer has 53 receptions for 819 yards and 5 receiving touchdowns. So keep your eyes on these guys because they're going to have the biggest impact for their team and they're probably going to score the most points for their team. Michigan, I think, is just going to destroy Nebraska. They'll gouge Nebraska on the ground. Blake Corum will have probably over 250 total yards, over three touchdowns, probably all of them rushing. And red zone issues will not be a concern here for the Michigan Wolverines. I just don't see them being a concern whatsoever. Not necessarily because Michigan's offense is suddenly improved or their offensive play calling especially in the first half, and their red zone performance is good, it's because Nebraska's defense is just frankly that um, disgusting. They're terrible. The black shirts might as well call it, honestly might as well call them the white shirts, and that meaning in the sense of they're, you know, white, the white flags of surrender, because Nebraska doesn't have a defense at all. Bill Bush has done better, than Eric Chenander this year, but the defense is just so, they're so bad. It's honestly a disgrace to last year's 2021 defense, which kept Nebraska in every game. For Nebraska, they're without quarterback Casey Thompson. This defense has no fighting spirit to it. Nebraska will have more turnovers than touchdowns. More turnovers than touchdowns. There is a reason, I think, I think Bill Bush, or after Eric Chenander left, they, you know, they took back the black shirts from the players, had to get them to earn their black shirts again. There's a reason for that. Right now, this defense does not deserve, they don't, they don't deserve that title. That title belongs to top 25 defenses, to Nebraska defenses that have a fighting spirit. Against Oklahoma, they got destroyed. They could not help themselves against Purdue, despite Nebraska's offense scoring darn near 40 points against Purdue. They, you know, their defense is just not, it's not good. It's not a good defensive unit. And Michigan's offense, for some of the slack it gets, from some of the flack it gets from not just outsiders, but a fan myself, I don't think Michigan's offense is performing at its highest level. It will boat race. A defense like this. It will run all over Nebraska, whether it's J.J. McCarthy read options, whether it's pitches, tosses, halfback dives, stretch plays to Blake Corum, whether it, I mean, my goodness, if like Michigan runs play action, Nebraska's defense might just fall over. It's going to be a bad game. I think Michigan's going to cover, 
And this Nebraska team does not have the tendency of last year's team to play in close games, as advertised in their first three games, which were against some of the weakest opponents on their schedule. So that's my opinion. And I think Michigan's going to win big here. They're going to move to 10 and 0. Nebraska's going to fall to 3 and 7, and they will once again be postseason less and finish with a sub 500 record. And that's all I have to say for this video. If you liked it, make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this preview and prediction down below. And if you're listening via Spotify, Make sure to follow the channel, and also make sure to tune into Corn Crazed's channel. I'll link that down in the description, too, for our live stream together at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good day, guys.